What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. Great show today. We're going to talk Iowa. We're also going to talk about, do we actually want to get to the Big Ten title game? Uh, as crazy as that sounds, is that something we want to happen this year? We have a couple interesting takes on that on both sides. And then we're going to also talk basketball signing day. Full show. Great guest, as always, um, on Wisconsin. Talk about it all on today's Lockdown Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, and today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And as always, I want to say thank you to everybody tuning in to the show, helping to build the show. We're going to bring Justin Joka on, um, and we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Justin, man, thank you so much for joining, as always, and we got a lot to get into. Anytime, man. Let's uh, let's okay. dive right into it, because I, I have a strong opinion about this Iowa game. But yeah, that's where um, we're starting. Iowa it, game, I'm going to kick it to you. Uh, where are you at? There, there's a lot of prognosticators on this one that that I've seen Iowa writers saying that they're going to win this game. And I look at it and I'm like, you guys got some fool's gold from those last two weeks of offense that you think that suddenly you're just a good offense. They're not going to score on us. Like Wisconsin will get pressure on Petrus and he's, he's a terrible quarterback. He's off frankly. And the way I look at this game is, is pretty simple. Actually, if Wisconsin doesn't turn the ball over, they will win the game because Iowa can't do enough on offense to score. And I think that, unless we give them really, really advantageous field position, they're not going to, they probably won't be able to get more than a field goal or a couple of field goals out of this game. Um, does I, does the game being in Kinnick bother you? No, not really. Um, Wisconsin, I mean, we've, we've got to put it together. Like, is, do I expect Wisconsin to score 30 plus in this game? No, I don't. But I think that Wisconsin will probably be in the 17 to 21 point range. And I just don't see Iowa getting to that point. Like they, they do not have the offensive firepower to do that. And I think like people are going to draw comparisons defensively from this, looking at misleading data for Wisconsin, because Wisconsin got back two massive pieces on the defensive side of the football that weren't there, there the bulk of the season. And they might quite frankly, get a couple other guys back that are important. Like, I don't know, is Isaiah Mullen supposed to be back for this one? Uh, not that I've seen, uh, okay. but he could be, but certainly to your point, well, is going to gonna be back, and and Alexander Alex Smith Fifth. has been tremendous. Yep. In in terms of coverage, which which is the bigger one to get back in your opinion, Hunter Wooler or Alexander Smith? Alexander Smith. Agreed. Having 100%. a having a corner that can lock down a guy really makes it easier for everyone else when you don't have to slide coverage to a certain side or anything. And that's that's just it. He can play with any any wide receiver in this league, bar the top guys from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about, it's funny. Early in the year when when Hunter Wooler went down, we didn't have Alexander Smith to begin the year, obviously. Yeah, first six I think, games I think he missed. Yeah, every, I think most fans were more dismayed by the absence of Hunter Wooler because of his hype, because of the d- lack of depth at safety, because we thought the transfers would be a little bit better than they were with Dort, uh, Clark, and, and Jay Shaw. Smith was the bigger miss. Like, we really yeah. missed that that elite – I shouldn't say elite, but we missed that number one corner. Yeah. On the Hunter Wooler gives you more flexibility of things you can do on defense. Alexander Smith greatly raises your floor. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between the two. Like, your ceiling goes up with Hunter Wooler. Your floor goes up with Alexander Smith. And that's, that's the bigger deal to me. Like, Wisconsin 
the past defense was not great to start this season, to be quite honest, against teams that had a pulse passing. And they don't have that that they're facing this week. And I don't think that Iowa will be able to run on us. Wisconsin is one of the better run defenses that they're going to face this season. And I think that's that's going to cause problems because they can run blitz in this game. Like, you're not afraid that you're going to get burned on the back end. Like, Iowa's biggest receiving threats are tight ends. Yeah, he's really so good. You're have... Yeah, yeah, he's really and... good. But to your point, I, and I made this mention earlier in the week, I didn't do a full Iowa show, but Wisconsin's just going to do to Iowa what teams have done to Wisconsin for yeah. the last decade. They're going to stack the box. They're going to make P- uh, Spencer Petras beat him, and he's not going to be able to. He's mm-hmm. a terrible quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I totally agree with your take on uh, people are starting to talk about Iowa flipping it around. They played Northwestern. Northwestern yeah. is Listen, Wisconsin could have scored 60 in that game if they wanted to against Northwestern. Northwestern and is that tells so you the difference bad. between the two. And, and Purdue, so the defense is okay. It's it's nothing great. Wisconsin should have scored 50 in that game. Yeah, They they really, after the in the second quarter already, they basically started running clock in that game. I, I will say this. Teams do tend to get better over the course of the year. Iowa has run the ball really well the last two weeks. Uh, we mentioned quality of play. I don't think they're going to do that against Wisconsin, but they have been mm-hmm. playing better. Um, the over-under for this game is 35.5, which is just laughably terrible, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't think we're going to hit it. I don't <laughs> think so either. I, I think it's going to be like a 20 to 10 game. Unless, unless the ball gets thrown all over the place, the scoring is going to be low. Yeah, but I but I do think like people that are predicting like sixteen to ten, it's going to be more. There'll be more scoring than that. I don't know if there will. Like I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know if there's going to be much more. I mean, sixteen to ten puts you at twenty six. That's not that yeah. far off of the over. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's eight nine points. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, Wisconsin Graham Mertz has looked better since the coaching transition. This is still the best defense he's played. You know, yeah. it's on the road. Um, he's coming off a pretty poor game. You know, I know Maryland, the weather was terrible, but Graham Mertz was, wasn't that crisp either. There was yeah. plays to be made there. In He's going into a road game against a really good defense with a great pass rush. You know, it's going to be a big test for the offensive line. There's three dudes on Iowa's defensive line with uh, at least four sacks the last time, last time I checked. So it's going to be a big challenge. They're going to have to take care of the ball, and I think it's going to be a more of a, a field position type of game, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think the big X factors in this are Wisconsin's wide receivers. If DK and and Bell can be the players that they're capable of, listen, there's there's not the athletes across the field of them that were on Ohio State that caused problems for them. And I think that that's the biggest difference here. You're not playing two guys who are probably NFL draft picks. Like they might be, but they're not guys who are, you're looked at, looking at like athletic freaks across from them. And I think they've shown out pretty well against everybody that isn't that type of defender. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa is one of those defenses that – if, if you're smart with the football, they can be had, but you have to be smart with the football and take what's there rather than getting aggressive and and doing stupid things with the ball. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting just in terms of I think this is the toughest game left on the schedule. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I think this is tougher than playing Minnesota at home. It's certainly tougher, in my opinion, than going to Nebraska. The, the current Nebraska. iteration of like, Minnesota so is, is not good. No, Norris, Nebraska. Like, Nebraska got a little of that new coach juice. But well, their quarterback is still dinged a game. Up, badly dinged win. up, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this is the toughest game left. Um, I want to get your game pick here. So it is the over-under. You've already said Wisconsin should win. But uh, the line on this game is 1.5. It's It seems like Wisconsin's favored by a point and a half. Yeah. It seems like you think that should be higher. 
I I would be shocked if it's not at least a seven point win. Okay. I, I, like I don't it. I don't think it's going to be an extremely like like I said I I think Wisconsin's going to score in the seventeen to twenty one range, and I think I'll be shocked if Iowa scores more than ten points, bar, barring a defensive touchdown. Okay. Or, or so, a, yeah, a very short under. field. Yeah. Yeah, Wisconsin covering. You got the under. I got the same thing. I think I said in my preview. 20 to 13. So I'm right underneath the oven under, I got Wisconsin covering as well. I think 20 points is right in that sweet spot. I think whoever gets to 20 probably wins this game, whether that's Iowa off a couple turnovers, like you said, it, it could happen certainly. Um, but I agree with you. I think Iowa needs to get turnovers to score. And I don't think they're going to muck it up enough to make it like they beat Illinois nine to six. Yeah. Right. I don't think they're keeping Wisconsin to six points with the way Grammars has been playing outside of that crazy weather Maryland game. So yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, any last thoughts on on this game? Any any other X factors or anything else you're really interested to see? Um, I I think that we may see a, a some more havoc from Hunter Wooler in this game. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to do some things with him. I wouldn't be shocked to see him basically put on Laporta in this game, like play him at, as a middle linebacker and just be like, all right, you're going to cover him. Just I think it's every, a great call. Yeah. I think he's a guy that has the athleticism that can hang with that guy. Yeah, I think that's a great call. And getting that safety back to your point gives you the flexibility to put another um, more athletic dude in the box, you know, to, to bring another guy into there, but still can cover tight ends, receivers, running back. So I think it's a great call. Uh, coming up, we're going to get a bit of a saucy take here. People are on both sides of this. Do you actually want to win out and go to Indianapolis to play potentially Ohio State again? Is that actually something fans want to see? Or would winning out and just watching Illinois get beat down by Ohio State be better? We're going to talk about that next. Justin's got a take. I got a take. And we got some user comments on it. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you uh, by our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to spice up college football season. Super simple to sign up for, use, and play it while you're watching your games while you're watching your players, while you're investing in your teams. You don't have to spend a ton of time doing it. A good friend of the show, Mike, on the Discord is always taking two to five players through underdog, taking advantage of their offer, parlaying them, and taking you know over-unders on passing yardage, receiving yardage, rushing yardage. He has Ben Bryant um, coming up this weekend. Former Wisconsin fans will know that name. He's been in on Graham Mertz and C.J. Stroud through underdog. He has a lot of fun with it, and he's always posting his picks. Again, it's a simple way to earn cold, hard cash. You don't have to wait for the end of the season. You can earn cold, hard cash after a single day. Underdog Fantasy is easy to use, available in over 30 states, and it is a simple um, sign-up, log in, learn how to play, get going, earn cold, hard cash. And we have a great offer for you. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. that's one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's underdogfantasy.com. Find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store. Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. That's one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to Locked On Badgers, making this your first listen every day. When you're done here, go check out Locked On Sports today. All the biggest sports stories, news, um, the day's biggest recaps done on the Locked On Network. Available on 
uh, Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I want to thank everybody tuning in. Uh, as always, we're going to be Justin back on. Uh, Justin, this one, I'm going to just come out and say this. I'm kind of weak sauce on this. You know, so Wisconsin can conceivably win the West. And I don't think it's going to happen, by the way. I just yeah. want to throw that out there. Iowa has to lose two out of three. Wisconsin has to win all three. I don't know. Illinois. Or Illinois. Sorry. Yeah, you're correct. Illinois has to lose two out of three. They've got Purdue, which has been derailed. They do have to go to Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. And they finish with Northwestern. So they have to lose to Purdue, quite frankly, because Northwestern yeah. is not awful. And then Wisconsin also has to sweep Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. That's not the easiest task either. But let's say all that happens. Is that actually something you want to see? Do you want to see Wisconsin in Indianapolis facing off against potentially Ohio State? Oh, it could still be Michigan, by the way, but let's just say it's Ohio State. I'm not one for moral victories. I just want to put that out there. I There are people that are like, well, if we have a good showing, it could springboard us into next year. If you have a good showing against Ohio State, what does that truly mean? Um, I think the players will be plenty hungry coming next year just due to the fact that they lost the West this year if they lose it. Um I, I think from a national perspective, it, it benefits Wisconsin to kind of go quiet and lick their wounds for a year rather than having them thrust into the spotlight and take a beating again. And that's that's kind of what's happened over the last several years. Wisconsin has been kind of the whipping boy in a lot of these games. We've been close to Ohio State in a couple of the games, but we're not winning them. And what it looks like to everyone nationally is – well, Wisconsin gets in these big games, but they can't compete. They lose every time anyways. It's a lot like Notre Dame has been. Like Notre Dame goes to a big game, and they get to the playoff, and they get kicked around. That's kind of what Wisconsin's looked like the last how many years. I think it, it would be better for them to win out, make a statement in a bowl game this year against hopefully a decent opponent, and then come into next year with an offense that hopefully is clicking on all cylinders and – a defense that now has a, a, a good year under its belt and hopefully is ready to go. And yeah. I think that that would benefit them more. I, I just don't like the idea of like thinking that like, well, it's, we should always be hoping to win these games and, and going and whatever. It's like, okay, it's just an extra loss that look, that goes on your record in the yeah. long run. Like, what does that look for us? Like, if we end up going ten and five, and say Minnesota went ten and four, they can they can tell that they had a better record than us because they had less losses. As much as that stinks, that's kind of what made twenty nineteen look like garbage. We had four losses, two of them were to Ohio State, but yeah, we had four it, losses. It is interesting. Um, I, I very rarely have said in the past I don't want to go to the title game and take a swing, right? Because. Anything could happen, go to Indianapolis, get some lucky breaks. It would take lucky breaks, but compete and, and be right there at the end. I think it's much more likely that Ohio State is so good. This team has not gotten that much better under Jim Leonard that you mm -hmm. go to Indy and Ohio State pumps you again. And my worry is you have all this great momentum that Jim Leonard has built up, right? And not just with the fan base, but with Chris McIntosh. I would hope that a, a big loss to Ohio State wouldn't would tarnish that. But, geez, you hate to see all that momentum being built up and then – at the end, Ohio State beats you down 42 to 7, mm -hmm. right? And I just feel like it would destroy. And I don't know. I hate saying it because all the positive I, energy I that want the shot, up. but I, I don't want the shot if it means, and some of this is Ohio State PTSD. I said that somewhere else, but I don't want the shot if it means Ohio State's just going to demolish us again. Like that sucks. And I think that's what would happen again. I think what it does is negative, it could negatively impact you going into next yes. year. 
Because like if, if you're building up some positive energy going into next year, and hey, maybe we can catch them now that they're going to be reloaded. You know, you're going to have a new quarterback and a bunch of new parts. And what happens is if all the positive that you've built up finishing the season strong kind of just gets set on fire if you end up going into the championship game and getting blown out. Bull raced. And mm -hmm. quite frankly, I want to get some user comments in on this too because we got some comments from listeners of the show. But I think it's more likely I, – I like the fact that we've got key people back. We talked about Alexander Smith, Hunter Wohler. I think this team is more motivated, neutral field, both of our – our tackles should be healthy. Like a lot, there's a lot of things you can point to, honestly, for being optimistic and say, "Yeah, I feel a lot better about this matchup." Because listen, it's not Ohio State at freaking night for starters, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can feel better about a lot of things, but at the end of the day, Ohio State's gonna be playing for a national title berth, a yeah. playoff berth, right? And they're probably they're, the second, we, at worst, the second best team in the country, right? Like people like that just Tennessee garbage can shush. Like, come on. We've seen a motivated Ohio State team play Wisconsin and Indianapolis. We remember what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, I don't think I want that smoke right now. But let's throw a couple of these comments up here because we got people on both sides of this. Uh, Tim Lincecum, I want to win out. Or Greg Lincecum, I'm sorry. Not, not the pitcher. I want to win out, win our bowl game, let Illinois get blasted by OSU and lose their bowl game. That's kind of where I'm at. I want to yeah. win out, get to a nice bowl, let Illinois get crushed. Um, yeah. Greg, great comment. I, I actually know. don't think it looks bad for the Big Ten if, if the West teams do okay in their bowl games. Bring on like the I, Buckeyes. Big Ten champs are bust from Adam. Sorry, Justin. Sorry. I'll let you, oh no, I'll let you finish uh, your thought there. Um, well, no. I mean, yeah, looking at this, I, I think it, I think we want the Big Ten West to do well. This From this stat, we're not, we're not winning the Big Ten championship. I'm sorry. We're, there, there's a gap between us and Ohio State. Unless you have their quarterback go down, it's – it's not happening. So, but Adam's got the optimistic fan side. Like Adam wants to take the swing, um, and I get that. Because that's used to be. That's usually. Um, let's go to Tom here. Tom Nieces, longtime listener to the show. Yes, I would love to see UW play Ohio State again. Main reason it means you've climbed the ladder, playing a better bowl game. All helps next year. I don't know if it helps you. I don't think it plays it. By Ohio State, I don't think it helps you get a better bowl game. It doesn't. In fact, it shows an extra loss on your record, which I think actually makes you less impressive to the bulls when they come looking for who they want which they do get to choose once you get to a certain point i do think tom has a point though it does show that you've righted the ship like tangibly you yeah. can point to that and say where we were to where we are now yeah jim leonard did turn that around if you're if you're playing for the yeah. big 10 title um this is ryan bliss i couldn't fit the whole quote in here if i'm leonard mcintosh i'm not worried about playing ohio state if anything i'm chomping at the bit to get a shot with the energy this team is playing with neutral ground and it's another data point, so, which I think that part is interesting. Let me let me ask you this question: Does does it not be? What does it being Michigan change your your view yes. on this? A hundred percent. Yeah, if it's Michigan, yeah. I think I want to take my shot. Yeah, a hundred percent changes it. Because listen, there, there's just a track record with Michigan that is they're, much they're just more less balanced. explosive. And there's a track they, they record with are. Ohio State that is not balanced. So, yeah, yeah. if it's Michigan, 100% changes the narrative. But I don't think mm -hmm. it's going to be Michigan. Um, yeah. So that's Ryan. Thank you for the comment. I, Ryan has a good point here. It's another data point to evaluate Jim Leonard on, mm -hmm. right? That We are evaluating Leonard to be a head coach. I, I personally don't think that, that that one's fair to him overall. But what because if it's he's taking what's like, broken what if, and, and building rebuild. But my point is, what if he's close in that game? Doesn't that show that he was able to? Yeah, get he, a team that's not I mean, as good? it's clear that he built up the team and and righted the ship for sure.
but I don't think it's fair to to view him in that light of taking whatever he does with this season and saying this is who he is against Ohio State because we it's not really fair to take what this team was at the start of the year and have the expectation that they should be able to go toe to toe against them. Like we were terrible. Well, I don't we were have terrible. that expectation. No, That's but there will I'm be saying. people that do have that view on it. I'm kind of saying, though, if, if Jim Leonard is able to – because that, that'll be the biggest, obviously, the biggest game up to that point in his head coach of career. If he's able to get this team ready and they come out and they really give Ohio State a game, I mean, that's a that's a big feather in his cap. Just in, from the standpoint of, okay, we think this guy could maybe be the dude who overtakes Ohio State just occasionally. Yeah. Um, and one more comment here, Timothy Palm. Uh, he says, I would like to see the Badgers win out but not make the Big Ten title game. While playing, while players improved, injured players are coming back. UW doesn't need another OSU beatdown, and that's kind of where. Mm-hmm. Again, I think if they play again, it's going to result in another OSU beatdown. Yeah. I hate saying. I that. think we've. I, mean, I think we've tightened it reasonable. up. But if they end up losing thirty-five to seventeen or something like that, do you really feel better? Because you're going to get Ohio State's best effort in that game. Like they're they're going to be trying to make oh, yeah. an impression. Yeah, I I it is the thing I. I just can't take another Ohio State mm-hmm. beatdown right now. I really can't. I can't sit through another 45-3 to three game, 45-17 to 17 game, and then sit through a therapy session mm-hmm. and talk about how much better they are. And It's just a gross yeah. feeling, honestly. I hate playing that team. Um, this was good. I, I appreciate the people on both sides of this. This was a lot of fun. Coming up, we're going to get shift gears a little bit. College basketball signing day just happened. The Badgers signed a really interesting class. I'm kind of intrigued by – the least talked about dude. Uh, I think he's a steal. I'm going to get Justin's uh, input on this, and we're going to talk about Badgers basketball for a second and who they brought in. Uh, but first, today's show is brought to you, as always, by our good friends over at Simply Safe. Simply Safe is the simplest and easiest way to secure your home, your place, your domicile, where your family resides. And it's something that I use. I use Simply Safe. We have it on our windows and our doors. I've told you before. One of the biggest reasons I do it is it gives us peace of mind. Occasionally, I, I'm able to work from home for the most part, but occasionally I have to travel. I have to go to some places. Having Simply Safe gives us the peace of mind that allows me to do that. It gives my wife the peace of mind too that allows her to, to let me do that and be good with it. Um, it's something I installed myself. There's no wires. There's, you stick sensors on the doors and windows. When they open, you hear a chime. If the alarm set, when they open, you the alarm goes off. 24-7 monitoring at all times will respond to any issues that happen. And there's a reason it's the number one rated home security system. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com. At biggest discount of the year, 50% off, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank everybody again for tuning in. If you're liking the show, please hit that subscribe button. We're trying to, uh, I think I mentioned it in the Discord, we're trying to make this the, the biggest Big Ten locked on show there is. We passed Iowa. There's only three schools ahead of us. The Spartans are ahead of us. Come on. Come on. We can't let that happen. Let's catch them. Uh, Let's come back to uh, Justin here. We're going to talk basketball, signing day, recruiting news. You know, the Badgers brought in, just in case anybody needs a refresher, four players. You have Nolan Winter out of Blakeville North, Gus Yaldon, originally Appleton, Wisconsin, John Blackwell, brother high school in Michigan, and Jack Janicki out of White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Uh, Justin, I want to kick it to you. What's kind of some big impressions, overall thoughts for this uh, quartet? Well, the the first is this. Uh, Nolan Winter, a lot of people calling him a John Luer type big, which I think is is pretty valid. You watch his game and you can kind of see the comparisons. I think he might be a little bit, end up being a little more physical. 
I think that was the, the thing that I didn't love about Lure's game when he played is I don't think he was the most physical big, and he really didn't love the post. He was more of a shooter. I think we'll get more of that out of Nolan. I actually think that he's going to be a, a pretty good guy in the post once all is said and done in Wisconsin. Um, we love Gus. Like he's going to be a big problem for anyone that's not seven foot in the post because he's just got great footwork. He's really crafty. He's really, he has a lot of technique that, that guys take their entire career to put together. And that's just something that Gus has Wisconsin. If I was going to view this class overall, what I would say is for another team, this might be like a C plus for Wisconsin. This is a B plus type class. Like you didn't get a, a, super high-end athlete in the group, but you've got two guys who are going to be stud starters for you. Yeah, I think B-plus is where I'm at, too. And I like I like Blackwell as a very good – like, at the his floor is defensive stopper at, at the Big Ten level. Janicki, yeah. and he's another interesting part. He's, as a preferred walk-on, like, I know we're seeing uh, – people have talked about some of the, the former walk-ons. People have talked about him as the best walk-on since Zach Showalter. So take it for what you will. That, that's a pretty good guy to be putting out there. I mean, he started his last season in Wisconsin. Yeah, Showalter had a key, uh, several key seasons as a backup mm-hmm. one year. and then Made started. some huge plays in their final four run. Yes, he did. Um, and made some big plays the following year with mm-hmm. Koenig, you know, helping out Koenig in the backcourt. Um, I, I would say B-plus as well. I want to say the thing with Janicki that's really interesting, I'm going to start there, uh, the preferred walk-on out of Minnesota White Bear Lake. He's 6'4 and can shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a walk-on that had, at least at a time, Wake Forest offer. He had several mid-major offers. I think Loyola was in there. Like, several solid yeah. mid-majors. Yeah, Loyola so, is a good a good one to pull. Wake I mean, Forest that's a team that ACC went to the... school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that is really impressive. As, as there's, I remember I was talking to um, Jason, the Sports Illustrated recruiting director, and he was talking specifically about Janicki watching him live. And he was like, yeah, this is this is the tier one of preferred walk-ons. I don't know mm-hmm. how they convinced him to walk on and not mm-hmm. use a scholarship on this guy. He said he's 6'4", hitting NBA range threes. Now, there's athletic limitations. There's yeah. uh, playmaking limitations. You know, but I think I'm pretty comfortable saying this is probably a guy that is going to develop into a role potentially. Mm-hmm. And that right there, I think, is where we're sitting at with Wisconsin, looking at this class and where we need to go in the next class. They need They need a dose of athleticism to be – kind of infused into to the, the team because where Gus is not a bad – I think he'll be a solid post defender. He's got good size. Like for a guy, he's pretty wide-bodied, and and I think he'll be pretty stout in terms of strength by the time all is said and done. I think Nolan's going to be pretty mobile for a big. Um, but you're going to need some wing guys that can really fly around yeah. out there and potentially even a small guard or whatever that you're going to have that can really fly around and, and put pressure on somebody ball handling. And they looked um, at a couple guys, right? They looked at mm-hmm. Garrick Norman, Boo Boo Benjamin, uh, both yeah. a couple guys that are – because you're right. What's missing in this class really is that hyper-athletic wing that can mm-hmm. cover one through three, can get out in transition. Um, you know, Blackwell's not really that. He's 6'3"-ish. He's a yeah. good athlete. He's strong. He's well-built, long arms. He can shoot. But he's not that long, tall, athletic wing yeah. that every team needs now. You need a couple of those guys, quite frankly. Um, I want to – Couple rapid fireish questions I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Biggest star out of this group, but highest upside if everything clicks. Is it winter or is it Yaldin? It's winter. Okay. I think I think his ceiling is he becomes a stretch four in the NBA. Okay. I actually so, think it's Yaldin. I that's fair. I think that he could be a better college player. I think winter will have has more physical 
there's just more there physically with Nolan to turn into a guy who potentially like his ceiling is just slightly higher. Gus's floor is probably higher. Uh, yeah, I mean, Gus has a really high floor, I, and I, I agree with you that that winter needs more refining. I just mm-hmm. look. I think sometimes, and I'm not saying you're do the, doing this. I'm saying sometimes I think some people look at Yaldon, they say high floor, and then they kind of forget. Well, this is also a guy who can shoot. He can pass. Oh yeah, yeah, he's incredible IQ. Like he's going to be is high. He's going to be his last two years here, probably a 15 to 20 guy. He's going to be terms awesome. Of points because he's going to just basically he's going to work people just like Hap did. Yep. down in the post, but he's actually can be out. He can actually pick and pop on the outside too. And he really actually, he's a pretty good ball handler for a big man. Yep. Really good, really good passer, really intelligent. Nimble feet. Um, and he gives a crap, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. You know, he gives a crap, which really matters. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting with this group, all of them can shoot. Yeah. Right. And you've seen that constant thread among recent recruits, recent transfers, they can all shoot the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely realized Wisconsin had kind of a come to Jesus moment after the final four runs where we got a point where we, we just missed on a bunch of guys. And the shooting really tanked. And because of that, Wisconsin's ceiling was really depressed. Um, Brad Davison was a good shooter, but he was a very streak shooter. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who could get absolutely catch fire, hit, you know, five of seven, but then he could also go one of seven the next game and completely and shoot you out of a game. And I think that the difference is Wisconsin's getting in on guys who are a little bit more consistent in that aspect. Like a guy like Connor is a guy who's not going to have a one for seven game. Y'all knew we couldn't get through a show without Justin yeah. bringing up Connor, right? But that's what I'm saying. There's good, there's a couple more guys that they're in on that are that type of shooter. Connor is a guy. We, we know a, we know you've got to get your Connor in there, but yeah. I agree. I, I think it's a good point in terms of because Johnny Davis was the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. He's streaky, right? Not mm-hmm. not a consistent shooter. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a great point. I think we're both pretty excited about this class, and we're also pretty excited about what's potentially coming up in the twenty four class. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the show today, everybody. Uh, Iowa coming up, bunch more basketball and football talk coming up. Uh, we get Justin on the show a lot. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, whenever you can, when you're done here, go check out Lockdown Sports Today, the biggest sports news of the day. Uh, with that, on Wisconsin, beat Iowa, win the West, maybe play Ohio State. <laughs> let me know. What, Michigan. Let, maybe play Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> let us know what you think. Let, do you want to win out and play Ohio State in Indy? Yes or no? If that's the scenario, let us know what you think. I'm very interested. You heard what our takes on it, plus a couple of people listening to the show. Uh, with that, on Wisconsin, appreciate you all. Let's go.